1: again everyone and welcome to the Cincy shirts podcast it's episode 73 today
0: on our show Pat Barry I went over and introduced myself and probably stood there for 20 25 minutes talking to him I'd lived in Indianapolis and worked there when he was in Indianapolis and he used to do the weather on the weekends and it was letterman and I said I'm from Cincinnati and he started talking to me about Cincinnati television about Paul Dixon you know about Ruth Lyons and bra Braun, and all that type of thing
1: you know Pat Barry from multiple radio and TV gigs over the years, and he has so many great stories. This is probably one of the funnest episodes ever. You folks are in for a real treat. Pat talks about his friends Rodney Dangerfield, Jeff Ruby, the late Ray Combs, and more. There's a gambling trip to Atlantic City, his career in radio as a rock and now a country DJ, as well as what it's like being a weatherman yesterday versus today. Be sure to listen for the special promo code near the end of the episode. Uh, You can save 20% off your entire Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order with that. But now, let's talk to Pat Berry.
0: Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-E-T-I, Cincinnati. She came
2: down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at in Cincinnati.
0: Was yeah, a, in high school, there was always a Corvette was available for $1,000. But some guy had- died in it, and, st- and they didn't find him for a couple of months. It was always, you know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't real. But yeah. it was one of those things we heard, oh, I'd buy that. I don't yeah. care if there's <laughs> a dead guy in here. It still smells like dead guy. Oh, I don't care. Well, <laughs> oh, there's Antigo Taco. I was just, yeah. that's funny, because I last Friday night I ran into Jim Tarbell, and I said, I remember seeing you and your entire family at Zantigo Taco in Clifton.
1: It's the shirt everybody loves and nobody buys. That's oh, oh, really? No, weirdly, we're we're uh, at Italian Fest this weekend with a booth, which I have to go to tonight. You know what? And that, someone did buy one yesterday. You know what's shocked. so?
0: You know what's so funny? You're absolutely right. You got stuff that people say, "Oh, that's great," but do they buy? Yeah, so though So you got two do. things. Number one, you got to have something different, and the second thing is you got have something somebody will say, "I got to have that," right? Yeah,
1: I would say WKRP cast sells. Uh, oh, absolutely. All the beer, no all the beer no ones sell.
0: Those also roll. I would i had a, a sense a couple yeah, of those to Gary, uh, Gary Sandy, and he just lives down in uh, Crittenden. I didn't what? know that. Oh yeah, that's where he's. he's, he's was on a and he a farm down there. I, I think his Keyswater, mother's yes, ninety eight, something like that. And he's a great guy. He's still a working actor. He works all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, where are you from? Cleveland. But well, you seem here, so, so nice, though.
1: Been, thank you. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Comedy. <laughs> he can be here every time. Hey, right. yeah. let me tell you. I've lived here since 93, though. I've lived uh, here longer than I've yeah. lived anywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, so. I grew up in Springfield, Ohio. Oh, okay. But I've okay. lived here, other than a short period of time, since 1974. So, where are you from? You're from here? St. Bernard High School. Really? Oh, yeah. The Mighty Titans. And you were a standard comedian? Still am.
2: Still am? Yeah. Still am. yeah. Sorry. Standard comedian? Stand-up. Stand-up. Uh, Standard stand-up comedian. Yes. I uh, I quit my day job at Procter & Gamble in what? 2001 to do stand-up.
0: What did you do for them?
2: I was at an IT guy. Really? This is, the, we, we can always tell when we have a guest on the show... Who is uh, is from the media because they? It's like in your bones to start ask ask questions. questions. Yeah, well, I'm like want, this. Anyhow. We want to know about. But I'm, you. I'm like
0: yeah. this. I'm like this. Anyhow. I always ask people questions about what they are. IT at, at P and G. That's a tough job because because <laughs> that's all secret.
2: Yeah. Well, man. I, any of the secrets I know, nobody cares about now. No, yeah. oh, that's for sure. But
0: you know, the deal is they've got certain. There's a handbook. And your desk has to be a certain way and locked up every night. And if you don't, you get ridden up.
1: Yeah, yeah. His wife works there now, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I did contract work for them in IT. Well, then there yeah, you go. Yeah, and we had to sneak in at night. Is remember the Soup Project? Yeah, that's it, what I, that's they how it started there. They had to change over operating system. This was the time when they were going to get rid of all of the Macs, except for the designers were allowed to keep theirs and deal sure. completely with Microsoft. PC, yeah. And so I had to. We had to go in and change everybody's stuff. And yeah, there was the it was called the Clean Desk Policy, and we used to joke with each other that a lot of people weren't following it. Oh yeah. Things like that. Yeah, was, I can tell you tell you some stories yeah. about some stuff I
0: found on people's computers. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. But, see if I worked at png yep. I'd be so careful about what I would do oh, I'd yeah. be so careful at work oh, you got to be careful at work in a sure. big company anyhow
2: my god so you grew up in
0: Springfield where'd you go to college I went for a very short time at Wittenberg okay yeah but I didn't graduate in fact the school and I that. decided to, uh, to to depart very very quickly yeah. I mainly went to school to get out of uh, going uh, out of getting drafted Oh, like wow. a lot of guys did. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to go to Vietnam. Nobody did. Yeah. Even the guys that went. Yeah. 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 Not my finest moment, but I was able to do that. No, actually, I was 13 years old. I dug ditches one summer and got enough money together to be able to buy a, a PA and some turntables. And I started doing dances. I started disjacking record hops all over my little town. And uh, the day after I got out of my junior year in high school, I drove to my dad drove me to Detroit. We drove up together, and I took my FCC license and got my third class license to be able to run a transmitter. And three weeks later, I started in wow. radio yeah Wow.
1: so wait what records are you playing when you're on your first the very on. first
0: record I played was Hugh Masakela Grazing in the Grass started out with a cowbell and it was an instrumental with a with a trumpet hmm. and um, it was the number one record that week what, what year are we talking 1968 oh, wow. Hugh Masakela Grazing in the Grass as soon as you hear it yeah. you'll know it
1: 68 I should at least know that
2: uh,
1: YouTube ad yeah. I was about
0: to say, that's a very modern that yeah, is uh, very oh yeah yeah as soon as you hear the yep.
1: as soon as you hear the trumpet you know that was home that. oh yeah yeah that was a time when instrumentals could still could still chart oh yeah probably
0: yeah 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 Herb oh, Albert yeah if it would have been for Hal- uh, uh, Herb Albert nobody would have you know yeah yeah, in the old days, it was cheaper to do it, and you didn't need to write lyrics for yeah. a song, yeah. and you didn't need a singer. So there were a lot of instrumental songs early. You know, Telstar uh, by the Tornadoes in 1962. You know? So how long did you do that before you got
2: uh, into the, the forecast business? Oh,
0: well, I worked in uh, Springfield, and I worked in Akron, and Cleveland, and Fort Wayne, and Cincinnati. Wow. and Wow. Uh, and then I went to four, then I went to Florida and then came back. I worked two times at Q102. And then, uh, in 1984, I got recruited to go to work at channel five. I was there for 10 years and then I went to channel 19 and on and off. I was there for 15 years. in the meantime, I did a talk show on KRC radio. I did something called voice tracking at a bunch of oldie stations all over the country. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, now I'm working at the Classic Country Station and I love it. I'm on from two to seven. It's basically tracked, but I don't really tell everybody about that. But I was in today earlier and I did my entire uh, Friday show. We are we're on two signals, 106.7, which is mainly covers Northern Kentucky, and 105.9, which mainly covers Ohio. We got the same records to run, the same jocks and everything. We do a little bit different, and a little bit different content and some different contesting.
2: The owner of the station. His name is Jeff Ziesman. He is my next door neighbor.
0: In, in, wow. in, in, in Union. In, Triple Crown. Yeah, exactly. He's your neighbor? He is my next door neighbor. We'll go. You can do donuts that in means... his yard. He's gone until the 24th. <laughs> yeah, we can use his pool. His
2: pool's <laughs> sure. not open. Yes, go ahead.
0: That's he, so What a small
2: world! Yeah, I know, when but I'd hate class, to paint it. Come yeah, on, that's come, Stephen right. come that's on, Stephen Wright. Come on, right. my favorite yeah, right. lines. I, I, yeah, yeah. I
0: went into a general store they wouldn't sell me anything specific.
2: That's my favorite <laughs> one. That's a great okay. one too. I remember yeah, that one. my favorite line of Stephen Wright. I saw him at the Taft Theater and he was like, "Before I started doing stand-up, he was my guy." Like I just I'm listening. So I just want to show you something uh, while we're talking. With the right. wordplay and the puns, that's, I've always been a huge fan of puns. And so,
0: and your favorite Stephen Wright line is he he did probably an
2: hour and a half on stage at the Taft, and then he looks at the audience and he says, "My parents told me never talk to strangers," <laughs> and he put the mic away and walked off stage, and that's,
0: that was his closer. That's <laughs> great. He's My so good. Said, oh, I know. All right, I'm going to show you something, but I don't want you getting upset with me because I'm showing this to you. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't get upset. What? So
2: oh let, let me go through here. So there's Chris Collinsworth, yeah, and Rodney Dangerfield, uh-huh. yeah.
0: and then a buddy of mine who okay. died a couple years ago. Yeah, um, I so- got to be I got to be decent friends with Rodney while he was alive.
2: <laughs> what? I used wow. to send him
0: jokes and stuff like that. Really? Oh yeah, I saw him. He he came to town. It would have been the early. Let me see. It would have been like early '80s. And he came to Music Hall to do two shows, early and late show, you know, like a 7 and a 9.30 or 10 on a Sunday night. And uh, I went back and spent a lot of time with him. And we kind of hit it off. And that night I was with the promoter and Rodney at the promoter's room at the Weston. And Rodney comes in with his white shirt on and his black socks with the gardeners holding up the black socks. That's what he always wore except for when he was on stage with the white shirt and a red tie and all that. He said, hey, you think you're funny? And I go, yeah, I do. He goes, learn 300 jokes, learn them how to tell them perfectly so they get the best laugh. And he said, then tell them every night for the rest of your life. And I go, that doesn't sound like much fun. He goes, it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, but I had his phone phone number in New York, and I would call him and I'd say, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, one time I was with a buddy of mine, we were in San Francisco and going up to Lake Tahoe. This guy he worked for had a place in Lake Tahoe. And the guy said, hey, why don't you guys go up there for the weekend? So, you know, we're hanging around. And, and on the way up, we heard this commercial and it goes, his only area appearance, Rodney Dangerfield, it's whatever casino it was. So when we get to this condo, this guy's free condo we're staying in, I called the, uh, whatever the casino was. And I said, I need to talk to Rodney Dangerfield. He's a friend of mine. hey. <laughs> he picks up the phone i said rodney padbury from cincinnati hey babe how you doing i said doing good i said hey i'm in town he said hey you come to the show tonight he said i'll leave you how many you need and he we were right up front he was great then afterwards and my buddy had never been around anything like we had a whole suite there was a bunch of women in there It was drinks and you know all the food and i'm chowing down my buddy goes what are you doing he says i said it's time to chill down i mean you know this thing's going away oh yeah I, I, went up to a buddy of mine who tells a great story about seeing him at, uh, Millett Hall in, uh, in, um, in, uh, at Miami. And, um, we brought our dates back to introduce him. He goes, Hey, you girl, you working girls, you know? <laughs> and they had no idea that he was asking if they were prostitutes or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't mean to make you envious. There. No, I mean, wow.
2: how could I not be? I mean, really? you're talking like, you know, he, some people would say Mount Rushmore of, oh, of absolutely. comedians. Yeah, yeah.
0: Jeff, and he was—you uh, know—he was a tortured soul for sure.
2: God, there's—you know—there's so many greats that I didn't get to meet uh, oh, yeah. because I didn't. You know, I, d- I didn't grow up in a home where stand-up comedy was played. Like a lot of my friends, you know, their parents played sure. Bruce records and stuff like that. That was not did, the case in my house. So, didn't watch the
1: Tonight Show with your dad? No, I wasn't
2: up that late. My no, dad didn't cool. watch it to the Tonight Show. Oh. Wow, no. that's because, a big dad uh, memory for me. I
0: can, uh, yeah, I can remember going to Karen Race's house in high school. Okay, <laughs> and I remember going to her house and her mom at the end. Her mom worked, so we could fool around during the day. when well, we'd be down in the basement, <laughs> and she would she would play her parents' uh, Red Fox <laughs> records. These really dirty, yeah, awful yeah. records. Oh Party they were, and they, they were so them. funny, huh? Party records. They oh call yeah, them, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were black. Black Party records. You oh know? yeah, yeah. And they were so much fun. God, I listen to those and go. And it opened up a whole new world of shit I, I knew nothing about. Oh yeah, That's um, so fun. Let me see. I got to meet uh, Don Rickles when he was at like Belterra. Another one. A couple, it's been like five or six years ago before he died. That was kind of neat. And then watch his performance. He was so good. I was surprised because he had like a full band and he sang a song. <laughs> it, it was it was like a full. Uh, Entertainment night, like a Vegas. It was, type it was show, like a yeah. Show, yeah, exactly. But he comes out, and I noticed there was this black couple over here, and they happen to have. Shirts on that were striped like this, and he says, "Ah, oh, I see our uh, our black friends over here. Of course, just got out of prison. Of course, You <laughs> know, yeah. and they got to stripe thing." And they, I'm thinking, okay. And they're laughing their ass oh, off because yeah. you go to the you go, you go to one of his shows, you would love to be picked on. That's yeah. like oh, the yeah, ultimate yeah. thing. It's almost like yeah. a right. I'm part of the show. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um
2: Yeah, I have friends that say they would have been disappointed if they met him and he didn't. You know, make fun of them in some way.
0: Oh, uh, uh, dental Washington was on some some late night show, and he was talking. To, and 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 Rickles was on. He said, "I can't believe it." He says, "My son is going to just kill me when he realizes I'm here with Don Rickles, and I didn't tell him." He said because he said about a half a year ago he called. And he said, "You ever hear this guy Don Rickles?" And he starts going on and on about him. And so he actually got. Don to call up his son and call him a hockey puck over the phone.
2: You know, <laughs> How fun his is son that? thought that was great. Somebody told, I don't know who tells this story. I've heard it a couple times, but it was about Don Rickles and his wife. They were at dinner in New York and Frank Sinatra. Oh,
0: he, no, it wasn't his wife. It was a girl he was dating. Oh, okay. he, he goes to Frank and he says, Have you heard this story? I no, no. This, oh I my this, gosh. I got this hot chick I'm going to be with tonight. We're going to be over here. We're having dinner. He said, It would mean a lot. And I think I could get lucky if you would come over to the table and say hello. And, and Frank says, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so he's there with the, with the lady and everything. And Frank Sinatra comes over and he says, Hi, how you doing, Don? Nice to see you. And he introduces himself to the girl. Don looks at him and says, Can't you see we're eating here? What are you doing coming over here interrupting us? Get out of here. Come on. Am I right? Yeah. Frank, I'm trying to eat. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> eat. Yeah. And, and of course, Sinatra just, just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Oh man, every time uh-huh. I've heard that
2: story, I just picture oh, yeah. You can picture oh,
0: it playing his yeah, yeah. uh, uh Rickles is on the Tonight Show one night, and he's talking to Johnny Carson. He says, "He says, uh, he says, uh, he says, uh, Frank Sinatra. He says he's a he's a he's a class guy, a real gentleman. He's the kind of guy that steps out of the shower to take a leak." <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was like that. You know, like I said, it, it took being. Are we taping this? Is yeah, we recording oh, yeah. this? Yeah. Is there anything we need to cut yeah, out? No, you said already. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> He doesn't care. I, don't I love care. it. So, what do you like doing? What did you like doing more—the the weather or being on the radio?
0: Well, How I really, like- I I really enjoyed doing the weather. I, I did. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I didn't. I don't necessarily. It, I'm not a very good employee. <laughs> As any boss I have will tell you, including your neighbor, <laughs> I'm not a very good employee, and because of that. Um, I just, there are some people that run television stations in this town I really like and respect. And there's people that run radio stations in this town who I don't. So I'd find it difficult to work for the people I don't respect. And now if they, they make you be a weather terrorist. You know, you're on six times an hour, whether it's a sunny day like it is now, or whether or not there's storms and things are you know, breaking. Tonight... At five thirty, six o'clock, you'll see the weather guy on the same amount of times, even though it's been a beautiful day. And the other thing is, is I saw this the other night, it's Wednesday, uh, and they're already talking about the weekend weather. Now, yesterday turned out to be a pretty good day, and today's gorgeous. Why not talk about the good stuff? They always want to put the emphasis on the negative weather coming up, even though it may be three days out. I think there's something wrong with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Because you always
0: got to be an alarmist and all that.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's just the news in general. Is it's more, it's more um, scaring people than it is like just delivering the news exactly.
0: And it's all about programming to uh, the the ratings, right? It's, it's not about that. Donors. That's why certain, the commercial breaks happen at a certain time. That's why they do certain things at a certain time so they get the most, the maximum amount of credit. The radio station works the same way. You can listen to 10 minutes of a radio station and depending on the time that you listen, it can count twice as much if you do it over a span of two different listening quarter hours. Yeah, I, I won't get into the minutiae, but that's what that is. Well,
1: you can always tell when it sweeps week two.
0: Well, or that too, because yeah. they always, yeah. And which is crazy because the ratings are done all the time yeah. in television and radio. Now right. they're done. You're always rated. You you used to see it. When I was at channel five, when we first started getting what they call, um, instead of a diary market, it was a kind of a people meter market. So we got the ratings for the next day and they were called overnights and they would post them. And sometimes we'd be in the middle of a newscast and, we would, and, you know, when a lot of technical things went wrong and things screwed up and live shots and reporters screwed up and all that, we'd go, Oh yeah, we'll just wait till tomorrow. The ratings were always higher when we had these awful shows. We actually, Norma and Jerry and I actually came to the conclusion that when bad things were happening, people would actually call each other and say, you got to turn on channel five. It's all going to hell tonight because it's just awful. Oh, it was, probably, yeah. oh yeah. It was, it was funny because I, I think that I don't think they actually did that but that was our synopsis of that
2: see and i and i say this with all due respect to the people who are there now but i call that like the golden age of channel five news like you guys oh. were me growing like growing up like you guys were celebrities i mean i'd said it on here before yeah norma rashid came to my school and it was like you might as well have been was a, a big deal best huh? actress so yeah, yeah. yeah
0: well norma always had a flair for you know being dramatic, and she had a look about her that I think you would think that, as a kid, you would think that That must be a movie star coming yeah. in, right? Isn't that funny? And Jerry, too, I mean, you know... Uh, Jerry's always had a lot of charisma.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, know? just... I he's remember- used it in the wrong
0: way sometimes, <laughs>
2: Well I remember he would do his things at the end of the news, the commentary, oh, the yeah, final yeah. thought or yeah. whatever it was back exactly. then. And I remember just thinking how different that was even as a kid than any other yeah. news show I saw yeah. and how, how well spoken he was and just you know
0: He ran for governor unsuccessfully, got by Dick Celeste, got beat by Dick Celeste, which means that, you know, he was a terrible campaigner. They really didn't want him to be governor <laughs> if they if they if they uh, did Dick Celeste. I remember I'm veering off here. It's like... A, no, this is what we a, like. Can, yeah, yeah. This is my ADD kicking this in. This is big what time. we want. You know what the problem with ADD is, don't you? Want to go ride bikes? Okay. <laughs> so <Squirrel. laughs> So we wound up... Uh, I got nominated for an Emmy my first few months I was in television, which I thought, what a stupid business this is, right? <laughs> so they have the <laughs> Emmy Awards in Columbus at the beautiful Capitol Theater. And they asked me to be a presenter. Uh, and it, since I was going to be there any, on the off chance that I would win. So I decided, I said, yeah, I'd be a presenter. I was going to present with Norma Rashid. At the same time, they had actually scheduled a concert at the Capitol Theater, which I thought was weird. It's a beautiful theater, by the way. It's right next door to the High Yeah, there. it's very nice. And uh, so, so as we're, the Emmys are going long. So these people had actually bought tickets to see the Righteous Brothers are coming in and sitting down in their assigned seats. Well, we're in there sitting in whatever seats, and some people are asking us to move and all that. So, you know, we had all kinds of people there. Jack Hanna came out, and he had a couple snakes in his pocket, you know, the guy from Columbus <laughs> yeah, Zoo and all that. He was more of a local guy still then. So Norm and I get up, and I'd had a couple of pops by now. and uh, So Norm and I get up, uh, and they had a great sound system. It was great because they were using the, the band sound system the whole thing for a band you know so and there was probably at least three or four five six hundred people in there wanting to see the righteous brothers so they you know formally introduced norma rashid and i and you know norbert comes out and i come popping out and uh and i lean over i said now here's what you've been all night here's what you've been waiting for i lean over to the mic i go you never close your eyes anymore. And the people start clapping in the audience. So, oh, well. They didn't invite me back to present everything.
2: I, ho- I co hosted the Emmy Awards uh, maybe three years ago. Yeah, did uh, Dave
0: Ashbrock produce them?
2: I don't know. They're out of Columbus, right? And I, the they had me down as the host, and then they said uh, Nick Clooney offered to co-host. You're no longer so the said, host. I said, yeah, co hosting <laughs> no, That's because. the
0: hostess with the mostest there. Yeah, yeah wow, yeah. what a great guy. Oh
2: my gosh, he was fantastic.
0: You know, when I was at Q102 years ago, and I they they did something at Channel 12. We were all in the same building. Deputy KRC, Q102, right. and, right. and and Channel 12 were on the same boat. Well, Q102 was in a quonset, quonset hut at the time. Anyhow, they were doing something on Channel 12. And this is when Channel 12 was number three rated. Nobody knew them or anything. And they came over to me and said, we've got a problem. And they said, yeah, what's that? We have to, we've signed up to do this four week program and it's a diet and we're going to have our, our listeners go on this diet. And we had somebody in the newsroom to do it and they got fired. So they looked around for the next fat guy they could find, which was me. So I was on the news every night at 11 o'clock, and I would read this little tip about Dr. Art Ulean and do the whole thing. And and every day, and then every Friday, and every Friday, they would weigh me live on the air. And here's the deal they paid me a talent fee, plus they paid me like 10 bucks a pound. I lost. So I lost weight. I mean, I didn't eat anything for an entire month. It was great. And that was the last newscast (laughs) that guy did. Uh, he went on vacation. They fired the guy on vacation. I can't remember his name. And two weeks later, it's Nick Clooney doing the news. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and there was a, I can't remember the weather and the, and the, and the, and the news guy that were there. Uh, but they, then they were all gone. Then it was Nick Clooney and he started right then. And from there until the Beverly Hills fire, he plugged away. But as of the Beverly Hills fire, because they would go, they could go on live and they were the only station that had a great, uh, place to go on and to be able to show camera position and show the whole fire and show, show the whole thing it's flipped the ratings almost immediately and he beat Al Shalikati for the first time Al Shalikati yeah, Al Sh- like
1: famously Al Shalikati banged his hand on the news desk and said w- oh, yeah. because they their, their mobile truck didn't work they yeah. had the fire
0: and five didn't even have one yeah that's what was so awful there. And so that sent them back at least a couple decades. How about an Al Shotokati shirt? It's the eleven o'clock at the top with a big with a big face of Al Shotokati. That'd be great. It's the eleven o'clock. That's how you started out as a We
2: need a game. Pat Berry shirt. We do.
0: It's <laughs> eleven I got some of your shirts. I got uh I got the uh I got one of Bench's uh the uh the fi- uh, the big red, the big red machine shirt, and all that. With the hands. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The I got a couple of others. Yeah. I tell you what, I think what you guys done is great.
2: Thank you. That I really means do. That a lot to me. Yeah,
0: it, it really, it's incredible. Thank you. Are you making any money?
2: None. <laughs> we're we're shutting down next week.
0: <laughs> no, seriously.
2: Uh, we're doing. Okay. How many locations? We have three now. Over the Rhine Hyde Park in uh, Loveland. And
1: well, an online yeah.
0: business. Right. Oh, yeah, I know that. That's, uh, yeah, because I've seen them at your, you don't always have my size in, uh, in the store of a particular <laughs> one that I want. So, but I think it's great. Here's what I think maybe you ought to do I think you need, need to do a contest and have people submit. Do you have a formal place online to do that? We, we do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We have a place where people can send us suggestions for shirts. So just one, that's what I love about this is, you know, I mean, we're going on nine years into Cincy Shirts being a thing, and
1: there's still places that have been long gone that we haven't thought of yet. When we do events, I had a guy at Taste of Cincinnati who was talking about, all oh, all the old clubs used to be in town. He, he yeah. told about uh, when he hooked the Roundup over in Erlanger.
0: Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It,
1: yeah. looked it up, and yeah. so
2: Reflections is one we've heard several yeah. times.
0: Yeah, and uh, And even Mr. after Mr.
2: K's,
0: that.
2: Uh, the place on top of the Holiday Inn that oh. Jeff Ruby used to go oh, to yeah. all the time. Yep. Do I can't what remember is? what the name of it is. Well,
0: originally it was the Den of the Little Foxes, where they had these uh, the waitresses in these little fox like outfits, and they were supposed to be like our version of bunnies,
2: okay. right? And <laughs> but then there was a Playboy Club here. Well, yeah,
0: there was down on Seventh Street. But then, <laughs> then Jeff turned it. Jeff turned it into Lucy's in the Sky. Lucy's in the Sky. That's and it what was, it was a it was a big major deal, all because of Jeff. All because of that. And you who, you know who lived there all during the baseball season was Sparky Anderson. He never had a house here or an apartment or anything. He lived at the Holiday Inn. That's how he and Jeff got to be really good friends.
2: Wow. Yep. yep. That's so fun. He, yeah. Jeff's the one I've, I've been dying to get on this podcast. Oh, why,
0: why, why not? Why, well, just call him. Just oh, call him it's and not, text him.
2: It's not that easy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. No, it's not.
0: If you invite him to be on,
2: he'll show I up. I have invited yeah. him to be on. And and, and
0: do you? You need a Jeff Ruby shirt.
2: I would love to do a Jeff yeah. Ruby shirt.
0: Give, give the money. Give the give some profit to his foundation, yeah, and just have a big stake in his face. Yeah. How about that? I've I've reached
2: out on several occasions with no luck of getting uh, getting. Do
0: you want to call him right now? <laughs> is that what you want to do? Absolutely. So oh my gosh, him?
2: that would be.
1: This is a. Uh, is that. this a first on
2: the show? Yes, I think it is. They would make a live phone. We've phone? asked
1: people who the most famous person on their phone is, but we've never had Adam ask you that one, too. It I, would I have been Rodney Dangerfield if he was there. Well, he's yeah. no
0: longer in my in my phone list. Rodney isn't. But. Um, oh,
1: God.
0: He's going to hate me even more. <laughs> like a voicemail. He might answer. You're right. He's smoking a cigar somewhere. I never call him. We text a lot. Could be he's in his bus going somewhere. Yeah. It's a new bus, you know.
2: Did he win the UCLP Puig Poker Tournament last night? I saw he was there.
0: Was he? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, because I saw him. This Jeff Ruby, the nationally acclaimed leader in bar mitzvahs, brain surgeries, and Botox. <laughs> Please leave a message. I'm very tied up right now. At the tone, please record your message. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey Jeff, Pat Berry calling. I'm just doing a podcast with the guy from Cincy Shirts. You know who they are. The homegrown people. have done a great job. They want to do a shirt with your face on it and a big steak. Because we were just we started talking about Lucy's in the sky. Anyway, I just want to call up and uh, give you this idea. Could make some money for your foundation. I think it'd be great. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. So Wow. How'd we well, do
2: That was fantastic. That was awesome. <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened on this show. You've never
0: you've never done a phoner? We've never no. done a phoner. Not a yeah. When, I think when you're recording people, you have to give them a uh, no. Only We're if you're going to play it on the radio. Yeah. You can record people. It's yeah. A, it's the Wild a, West out here. It's, it's a uh, it's a one party compen- consent state. That's yeah. right. On the phone. And
2: what was record. the what was the famous story of why they, they changed that rule where you have to let people know that you're recording? Now it's, different, so,
0: if, it's different. It's it's different state by state. Some people, it's a two-party consent where both people to, can have to consent to be recorded, and some, it's one party. It's different. Anytime you're going to play this on a broadcast airwaves, you have to get their permission because of the FCC.
2: Okay. Yeah. But isn't that didn't that stem from something happening of, like, a, a husband and a wife who... Something was said that they weren't. I they think didn't know
1: was being. I think. Said I or. think
0: there's something that happened that. Some, that I think that is. It all came from a lawsuit. That's what yeah, everything exactly. comes from. Exactly. Every rule <laughs> comes from a lawsuit. Well,
1: when Doc Wolf used to do the senseless surveys on Gary Burbank's show, he right. would very quickly say, "Hello, you're on the air with." Uh, right and blow it right by them. Well, Gary and that was it. And Gary Burbank used
0: it. to beg anybody that was going out of town to bring you back an out of town phone book. Cause yeah, that's yeah. where they got the phone numbers of people to call yeah. to, to do the things. Yep. The best was when he used to do Gilbert. Gilbert, Nari. Gilbert Nari. Yeah, It was so good. The, the funniest he ever does. and I want to give him all the credit is that I almost drove off the road. He's calling the Toledo board of health to complain <laughs> about his proctologist and the reason why he's complaining you know, he, he, and he wouldn't just call up and say Here, this is what it is, he would tell a story to the person on the phone, the people would be real nice, he was calling to complain about his proctologist because his proctologist was using two fingers <laughs> And it came out when the lady said, well, did you ask him why? And he says, yeah, he said he wanted to get a second opinion. <laughs> and I almost drove off the road. Because I think that's the most clever thing to do that. And you know, and and be able to do that as well as you do it. You already know the punchline. Yeah. So that's a really tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. He's a genius.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Still, gosh, yeah, for the, sure. The best He's, thing about Gilbert is it, I didn't even have to hear the bit. As soon as that music would start playing, right. you'd hear the dial. Tone oh, yeah. the anticipation. You'd be like, "Oh my, what is happening?" Oh, Who's
2: call? I remember I had never so, yeah. heard it before, and uh, I was working at the batting cages at the Cincinnati Sports Mall. My, Quit bragging! My head. My <laughs> baseball coach ran the place, and so that was like one of my first jobs. And he had uh, he would always have seven hundred on. And, uh, and I was like, what is, What are you listening to? So it was to? an
0: after-school thing, because yeah. it was the afternoon yeah. and you would hear that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were then, like, what are you listening the to? The
2: first one I heard, I'll never forget it, it was he called the KY Jelly. Yeah, I could the oh, yeah. jelly.
0: And talked about the KY Jelly. <laughs> <how did laughs> <you laughs> Must have got
2: a bad batch because it didn't taste right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, That's
0: funny, isn't it? So now, funny. now, of course you remember that because you were an adolescent. Yeah. Was he an <laughs> influence for you to get into comedy then?
2: Not really. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly... At, I mean, I didn't listen to him enough to influence me. I mean, my influences were mostly Saturday Night Live. And then in the little bit of stand-up I heard, which was Bill Cosby and um, some Jeff Foxworthy. And then I started watching The Evening at the Improv. And that's where I was introduced to Stephen Wright and uh, Richard Jenny and uh, Paula Poundstone, Wendy Liebman. I mean those were those were my biggest influences.
0: If your working TV is sitting on top of your non working TV, <laughs> yeah. chances are you're a redneck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right?
2: Yep. If your mother doesn't spit out the tobacco before telling the state trooper to kiss her ass, you might be a redneck.
1: <laughs> if you if you have a saleable collection that says cool whip, you might be <laughs> He told that on Letterman, he said Letterman asked him, goes, you, know, you got that calendar out? And he goes, You know, I sit down every year and think, oh, God, I gotta write another three hundred of these and then I go over to my sister in law's and there they are. There's the bowls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's so funny. The uh, 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 yeah, that's tough when you when you do something like that. Yeah. Um, one time, I'm at a radio and records convention in California, and I'm, I, it's the Hilton. I'm staying there, and I'd had a, pop, a couple pops that night too. <laughs> I'm and noticing a I, trend. Yeah. I, no, and I look over and I see this guy standing by himself. He obviously has had a couple pops too, and I didn't really know the guy. But I went over and introduced myself and probably stood there for 20, 25 minutes talking to him. I'd lived in Indianapolis and worked there when he was in Indianapolis and he used to do the weather on the weekends. And it was Letterman. And we had like a like a like an entire talk, and and you know, I said I'm from Cincinnati, and he started talking to me about Cincinnati television, about Paul Dixon, you know, about Ruth Lyons and Bob Braun and all that type of thing. Fast forward to just a few weeks ago, I ran into a Dick Murgatroyd, who's still alive, still in town. And he was the producer of Dixon and. Braun and Ruth Lyons, and uh, I see him when this little jazz band plays at the Edgecliff Restaurant, La Barra Buff, every other Wednesday night. Sometimes he's there. He told me that Letterman used to come down on his day off, on like Monday or Tuesday. He would come and just sit in the control room while they did. I guess it was Braun show. And he would just sit there, not say anything, sometimes take some notes, just to watch to see how these shows were put together and how you do them. And the spontaneity and some of the things that would go on. And you think about, this guy sat there and he was just learning how to do what basically was a live, spontaneous TV show. That's
2: incredible.
0: It, isn't that something? So he was studying this for a long time before he ever got his opportunity.
1: Oh, he's, he's very much a student of television.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's so sad, you know, and I just saw him, who interviewed him the other day? Oh, he was on the Sunday morning with uh, Willie Geist, I guess it was, because uh, he's relaunching another series. show, yeah. Yeah.
2: which is amazing exactly and
0: and I, I just see a guy that only now seems to be enjoying himself you yeah. know he was yeah. such a yeah. such a such a performer and such a striving to you know to do well and I don't know if he ever at the time enjoyed his success you know.
2: Yeah, you know, I was sad that he didn't get a shot at The Tonight Show because he always talked about how much of an influence Johnny Carson was on him.
0: Absolutely, and he should have gotten that, and Jay Leno mainly just, you know, out-engineered him for it. You know, Letterman was a difficult person, kind of an odd guy to be around sometimes, and uh, Leno was, you know, uh, much. he was a better politician.
1: Well, that and I, Leno was on um, Marin's podcast about ten months ago, and he talked about this. And Leno uh, and Maren said, "It seems to me you were more of a company guy." And Jay goes, "Yeah, that's very accurate." I'm Absolutely. A company. And Dave was not a company guy. Absolutely.
0: The opposite of a company uh, guy. He would go out and he would go visit all the stations and visit yeah uh, exactly. the general managers and do all that. This is even before I got the night show. And Dave you know? would make
1: fun of GE, who was the parent oh, yeah. of
0: NBC. Exactly. So who are you and, gonna pick? <laughs> and they thought because of you know Leno. Co-hosting, I mean, uh, substitute hosting uh, uh, Carson's show. They thought that he had a brand of humor that was a little bit more mainstream yep. than Letterman. Yeah, know?
1: because the yeah late night what with David Letterman would not work at eleven thirty. They thought.
0: Well, and it probably wouldn't have. He did change the show when he moved up to eleven thirty on, on CBS. On, on CBS, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, would... I like all the notes you guys got. To, to ask questions. This is all free form, isn't it? One hundred percent. That's what we I want know. it to
2: be. You know. Yeah, I
0: understand that. Yeah. I, I mean, I,
2: I would Google, you know, and and Wikipedia Pat Barry, but I'd rather I'd rather go off on the tangents. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, don't I don't even love your. What, I haven't stories.
0: googled myself in quite a while. If you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> hey, hey
1: No. I was thinking earlier today, when we were just doing a little prep for the interview, is that you know. People know you differently depending on when they arrived in this market. like I, I <laughs> yeah, probably. I know you off of weather. It only took yeah. years later I realized, oh, he's a rock and roll DJ. Well, I, and we kind of
0: stormed I, past that part of your career. Well, I was very lucky. I came here from Indianapolis. I'd gotten fired for being dirty on the radio. I, I, See, I like Johnny Fever. no, I was, it, it was nothing now. You wouldn't even, nobody would even notice now, mm. but they thought it was like my second or third warning. And so the next day, there's a big tornado that came through and it, uh, that's the one that went, that hit Xenia and all that in 94. And then, uh, I came down the day after that and I got hired to come to WDKRQ. Wasn't even Q102 then and they were floundering in the ratings. They were doing okay, but they'd had some recent changes. So I came down, and I was doing 6 to 10. I got hired then, and uh, started And about a year later. They brought in a guy from Buffalo. They fired a couple people, and this guy had their first meeting, and we're going to change it. We we weren't Q102 yet. We're going to do this, this, and this. In the middle of the meeting with the new boss, I stood up and said to the other guys I work with, I said, hey, listen. I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to go dub some tapes and make some tapes and send them out to get another job because this obviously isn't going to work out. Well, he stopped me and talked me out of uh out of out of going and wound up being a, being a really good boss. You said that with him
2: in the room?
0: Oh, yeah. I said that in front of I said that like, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I, uh, he, he tells the story even better than I do. And uh, he stopped me from, he said, aren't you glad I stopped you from quitting? I said, aren't you glad I didn't quit? And he went on to be a pretty good boss. We wound up going from, in 18 months, going from the number 14 station out of 14 to number one. We had a 12-6. And it was just incredible what we did. And that guy's name was Randy Michaels, who became a yeah, captain uh, of the broadcasting business, and, and to this day one of my best friends in the entire world, and I just saw him last Saturday and I, I talked to him about every other day and but he loves telling that story about remember when you were going to quit? I said God knows what my life could have turned out like that. I could have been in a lot of places. You know, <laughs> I'd, I, I'd already turned down a job in New York City to work at an FM station there about a year and a half before that. So I knew I was doing something right, and I'd gotten to a certain competency uh, before that. When I was working at Fort Wayne... Uh, in the, in about the seven months I was there, I went from a not very good district to a pretty good one. Something clicked and I got it. So I came here and we turned around. And everything was good. And then Randy left for Kansas City and, 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 and he was, became a, a, a national program director for Taft. So I actually got a great offer to put on a brand new FM station, licensed to Hamilton at the time called WOKV. And I went there as the program director and that was on the frequency 10 uh, 3.5, which is now the oldest station, yeah. GRR. And I was there about a year and a half and Taft hired me back, moved me to Florida and I worked for their, worked for their Florida station for about a year and a half. Then I came back here, uh, in 1980, 81, I think it was January. Who moves from Florida back to Cincinnati in January? Bad move on my part. <laughs> and I came back and started working at Q102 and was there for about three and a half years before Channel 5 hired me to do the weather.
1: Why the? What,
2: how did that come about? Yeah, I yeah. want to ask that too, and then I want okay. to go back and ask some is, more radio questions.
0: This is yeah. this is a. I'll tell the the most brief story I can. No. I came back. We <laughs> were. We, I was doing afternoons at uh, at Q one hundred and two, number one station, and uh, you know, uh, proud to work there. I was a little bit burnt out with the, with the, playing the same music over and over. We were playing the top hits every ninety minutes. You know. And so that's when I started to listen to country music on my own, just so I didn't listen to Q102 all the time and get burnt out. So, um, I, speaking of Jeff Ruby, I, uh, used to MC stuff for, for Jeff Ruby. The precinct was about, Two or, two or three years old, and he would have these things that I would go and emcee him. They'd be like Macho Man Night or Mr. Precinct or Miss Precinct. And it'd be like a Monday, Tuesday night when business was a little slower. And the whole idea, any athlete was ever in their local or, or visiting the athlete, anybody on TV, you had to make mention of them on the mic, make sure that they got recognized, because everybody knew what they were there. Place wasn't that big. As soon as somebody walked in, everybody knew know they were there. So Jerry Springer used to come out every week, and I knew Jerry from MC and things forever. He'd been a councilman, and uh, now he was doing commentaries at Channel 5, and it recently they'd fired the anchorman. And, uh, and and they put him on as the anchor too. And all summer long he'd come up to me on Monday night, he'd say, Man, he's just you gotta you you gotta come. We we want you to do the weather, at channel five, and I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's just, you know, what a saying, whatever. So he winds up one day and and he and he persuaded me to do it in a weak moment I did. Now let me tell you what happened before that. I was the producer of the Bengals Radio Network for a year and the second year I'm getting ready to do it again. We had a preseason game at Tampa, Florida. We get back at two 30 in the morning. And I remember getting off the plane with Paul Brown, walking down the gate with him, you know, cause Paul was just still alive at the time. And, um, I was back at the airport at nine o'clock flying with a couple buddies of mine who were stockbrokers to be able to go to Atlantic city on a junket. Cause we didn't have gambling here then. So that day, I got off the plane with $1,700. These guys on the plane over showed me how to play craps. I'd never played before. That night, I went to bed with $17,000. Whoa. I mean, I hit it big. And the next day, we decided we wouldn't take the junket back. We were going to take our own. We were just going to stay. I was on vacation for Q102 of the week. I figured, you know, I'll drive back. I'll walk back. I'll buy a car and drive back. I had plenty of money. It was great. So we told them to go, and they leave. At the last minute, we decided we'd go ahead and try and make the charter. Okay? And it was at Atlantic City at the airport. So it's no longer there anymore. They closed it down. So at the last minute, my buddy and I run, and we go to the airport. They've already left the gate. She picks up the phone and says, I'm sorry, they left the gate. Oh, okay. The guy, the pilot says, I'll come back and pick you up, which they did. And we get on the plane, people are throwing stuff at us and everything, because we're making them late. And so the bottom of the, the long story short, I land and I call a guy who was gonna MC for me and substitute for me that night at the precinct to do the thing. And then that night is when Springer Just got me in the corner and said, you got to call this guy. So I said, "Okay." So I called this guy and then I went in on Wednesday to have this meeting. And I thought they're going to I'm going to walk in. There's going to see this fat guy with Coke bottle glasses. They were much thicker in those days. And they're going to say, get out of here. Their philosophy was, let's, te- let's hire somebody that knows since something about Cincinnati. We can teach them weather rather than hire somebody who knows all about the weather, nothing about the city. So I came in, and these three people started asking me questions. And about 20 minutes into it, I realized they were serious. So I sat up and started answering more seriously. We went upstairs and did uh, like six takes. The first time I ever met Steve Horsemeyer, We walked through... And I did the weather. I'd never done the weather before. I'd been on TV a couple of times doing the action auction and some charity thing. And they, they we went downstairs and I saw what I'd done wrong, what I did wrong. And I said, let me redo them. And they said, no, no, this is good enough. Two weeks later, or a week and a half later, I signed a no-cut contract with the general manager to be the main weather guy at Channel 5. And two weeks later, on September 17, 1984, there's Jerry Springer and I, who had limited television experience before that. We're on, we're on the TV. And two years later, we were number one. The 11 o'clock news came out and we were number one. So, I'm um, and I, I don't boast about myself, really, but I'm the only guy that I think I know of who's ever been in radio and TV in Cincinnati who went from the, the last station in last place to the station in first place ever and I did that both in radio, radio Q102 TV. and I did it to channel 5 too. So and I take no credit for either one. I just happen to be at the right place at the right time. So
2: does that still is that still a thing somewhere like how, what is would you say the percentage of people we see doing weather on TV aren't meteorologists they're being Oh,
0: oh everybody's got a degree, but you're it's one thing to have an actual science degree and it's somebody it's something else to just have the required uh, uh, required uh, credit hours in certain subjects to be able to get your certificate. So it's it it they want other people wanted to make a big deal. Ira Joe never had that, never had anything like that. there's lots of people that you know have. There's lots of people that. Uh, Al Roker doesn't. Uh, Willard Scott doesn't. They don't have any degrees with that. And I, I work with a lot of people who had wonderful science degrees, and they really knew weather, and they were good forecasters, but they weren't good communicators. Yeah. You know, it's a tough thing to do. You Letterman know? was a
1: weatherman, huh? Letterman was a weatherman.
0: Yeah, he was. And that's back when they put, you know, whoever, whoever had the guts to be able to stand there in front of a, a, a map to be able to do it. You know, there's some really fine people who, whether degree or not, who've been able to do the weather, but you know, Horst Meyer, I owe him a great big uh, gratitude of debt because I knew nothing walking in there. I studied, I took a lot of courses and that type of thing, but I give him all the credit in the world and thank goodness he's done so well as he has now.
2: Yeah. He's, he, I mean,
0: He's, he's Longevity t- is... Oh, well, that's insane. the... Well, showing up every day is the key for everything. Yeah. In broadcasting is very important. You start showing up, then that's not, not it. But I worked there for a good, solid, great, wonderful 10 years. Had a great run there. And then I went to uh, Channel 19. Worked there on and off for a total of 15 years. So back to, back to the
2: prior two when you were doing radio... You bounced around a lot. Was that just you wanted to change the scenery? or Were you chasing a better job Oh, uh, usually time, it was or? just to
0: get, you know, 10 or 20 more dollars a week raise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was one of those things where in those days, they were looking for a body and somebody would come in and fill a shift. It wasn't like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. So I was always looking to get to a, a bigger market, a bigger city, to make more money.
2: What, what time did you... Did you realize that this was going to be
0: home? Oh, in Cincinnati. This, I really like it here. I've had a ton of friends. uh, And I had some reasons to go. The late Ray Combs, died 40 years old, uh, was always, you know, he had a lot of contacts in Hollywood. He started out as as an audience warm-up guy for the Cosby Show. And that's what he. And that's, that's what he did in between the takes he kept with the audience and that's tough work I don't know if you're trying to do that or not I have not <laughs> but I that, have you' a got lot to have
2: to do that you have to have a ton of
0: job. material yeah and it's got to work too right anyhow and he was always there was always a project development deal with him and he was they were going to give him his own show. You know, a Carson-type show, his own talk show. And he talked to well, if me... If you
2: watch him on The Family Feud, you can just see it's in his bones. Exactly. It's just so effortless. And he
0: wanted it. me to be his, his Ed McMahon. And oh, two or three wow. times, he's like, hey, next week, it might be the time we'll come out, because he wanted me to come out and do a pilot. I was going to do it. So uh, I was going to do that in the New York New York Minute. Absolutely. I'd love that. Well,
2: I just, I find it funny that, you know, we, we had Jim Scott on here, and yeah. he... Um, He was offered a big job at a big station in New York. Well, he
0: went to New York. He went there for a year.
2: But then he took a job here. They tried to keep him there, and he ended up wanting to come here and and stayed here. So I I don't know. I just, you know, as someone who travels as much as I do, and I don't know if it's because I'm born and raised here or because I get that out of my, that need to see other places out of my system for my job, but... There's just something about here that I feel like it's always going to be home for me.
0: Well, there's certain places that you would that you would go because of the environment. Certain place in broadcasting, I'm talking about, and radio, TV is different. There used to be certain markets where you really would want to work. You know, there was a time when you really wanted to work in Chicago, not necessarily New York, but Chicago is a much more dynamic uh, radio market, more fun. New York. Uh, wasn't necessarily, you know, and nobody, everybody wanted to live in Florida. Nobody wanted to work there because they didn't pay well because they played in, they paid in sunshine. We all thought going to Hawaii would be the greatest place or California, but that wasn't always the case, you know, and it all depended on the station too. I mean, there there were great stations that growing up where I wanted to work, you know, and sometimes by the time you got to be good enough, those stations weren't where you wanted to work anymore. That makes
1: sense. you program your own music?
0: Oh, I haven't. I've never done that ever in my life. Even the first station I worked for in Springfield when I was sixteen, it it was this one next. It was the actual records were there. When you played one, you put it in the back, and then that rotation would come up. There an A, there would be an A, B, C, D, and E or an F, and then that was the. There was a clock that showed you yeah. play an A here, and then you'd play an oldies over here, and that's still the way it is. Yeah. That's the way it is. I get a sheet. It's a I'm mean, not a sheet, but I, I I print it up. But it's all on the computer. Yeah, I got no business picking the music. You know, I'd just be playing Motown records and you know, crying one into my favorite country, country, country songs. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, program, the the station I would program would be for, I'd be the number one listener, and we wouldn't have that many more listeners. You know? It's like my. uh nano or my iPad music and all that it's just not you know all right i said nano don't give me a look like i'm an old guy uh, no, i know i said with the nano yeah.
2: Yeah. um when you track out your shows uh-huh. that eliminates the Opportunity for people to call in and talk to you. It I mean, does,
0: but it also eliminates all my stupid mistakes too. Okay. Yeah, so that really helps. I was just
2: curious if that's something that you miss, or do you have the opportunity to not track and do it live? If you do, you, want? Have,
0: no, no, do you have any idea? All the disc jockeys in the world will be able to do this. Have been around for any amount of time. All the time you wasted waiting for the record to be done. Oh, right. You know, I mean, if I you had to
2: press the button
0: at the, well, you, you yeah, to hit yeah. the post or you whatever, be there, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you got to answer the phone, you know, the request line or whatever, right. and you're doing some contests and all that. But a certain amount of the time, half of it is waiting for that record to be over so you can get on with your next thing, you know, and, um, and I think that that part of it is, you know, that, that part of it's different. There's still some live shows, but most of the people that, on on listening to music on the radio, at least fifty percent of it, depending on where you're getting it, it's it ain't live. There's not somebody actually there. Wow.
2: Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, there's nothing live on, on for, XM. Yeah. You listen to XM. There's nothing live
0: there. Yeah. Huh. Nothing. It's all pre-recorded, and it can't be. It may be that day, but it may be five, ten weeks ago too. You just don't know. That's crazy. Like I was, uh,
1: told that story a couple of weeks ago, a buddy of mine does that for one of the stations in town. He goes in on Thursday night after work from his day job, tracks the weekend show, eight hours worth. Done. Yep. Yeah.
0: There you go. But you see, here's the thing. When I was doing a talk show on KRC radio from three to six, I was on seven oldie stations across the country that I Heart uh, that that time. Uh, Point uh, it was Clear Channel Radio and so I would then go into a production room before after I, I did that live talk show and then record these shows for these stations all over the country. It was a lot of fun, you know? And then I would go and visit those markets too. Like I'd spend a weekend in Sarasota and I'd go to do a remote or I'd do some appearances and people thought that I actually lived there. Yeah. It's kind of neat, yeah.
2: That is funny. I, re- yeah. I, I remember as a kid being fascinated to learn like so-and-so wasn't Really, here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's different than like a network show where you're doing it live and it's getting picked up by a bunch of stations. So, so what's the next shirt? Let's break some news right here. I want to know what the next shirt is. What do you? What are you thinking of? Let me vote. Let I don't me have know vote.
2: what the next. I mean, oh, that's, come on. Seriously, you know we um, we've been very fortunate to get into a pattern of like right now. Like, what are we working yeah. on right now? Because you know, yeah, isn't you that some to, pressure? If, is that
0: some, do you feel pressure? Like when when you go to bed, it's like, what am I? What are we going to do tomorrow? What shirt are we going to have? What's the next big shirt? for sure.
1: You know, as the owner of the company, I feel that pressure. But I also t- i told him the other day uh, we went out to lunch or something. Is that um. You see a lot of our shirts around town. You see a lot of people not wearing our shirts. So there's plenty more work to be done. Oh yeah, there's a that's body a for every
0: thing. single one. Yeah, and yeah. How do you, so that's, and, and how do you a decide? And how do you decide the hats? Because you're doing hats now too. We are doing. That. And how do you decide? It's the new guy with no with no bend or the. I hate, it's the,
2: <laughs> I hate the, bend, the the flat bill. Well, but that's what the kids want.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then I've only got a couple of those, and I bend the hell out of them. I do too. You know,
2: absolutely. You go. Yeah. yeah. We try to have something for everybody, you yeah. know? I mean, and, and that's not just uh, uh, to be people pleasers, but it's, you know, I realize, you know, it, it goes to my comedy taste, too. I hear people say, like, I don't like this comedian or that comedian. I'm like, that yeah, might not be my cup of tea, but there's an audience, you know, just because somebody doesn't like Larry the Cable Guy doesn't mean they're going to be a, a Bill Maher fan, you know what I mean? It's like, you got to have something for everybody in a store like what we have, and that's what we try to do.
0: First time I saw your shirts was at the... Um do they still do it? The thing at Washington Park? It's like a flea market? Uh, oh, uh... What's that? City Flea. City Flea. Yeah.
2: We, we aren't down there anymore, but yeah, we got started. I think that's
0: WKRP. the first time I saw you. Okay. Was there. And I thought, what a great idea. And I think there were, there might have been a WKRP. Was that one of your old, early ones? Yeah. yeah. Um, Probably, yeah. yeah. We... What was the first one?
2: The first shirt we ever made... <laughs> so we started out as a funny t-shirt. You're smiling. Yeah.
0: You it thought... It, it you was
2: it wasn't Cincy stuff. Okay. It was just, I, I was, the the premise was that Darren would do the art, I would sell it on the road doing comedy shows. Okay. And then uh, he and I would both come up with the ideas. He was so the artist. it was
0: your merch?
2: Basically. Okay,
0: gotcha. On the road.
2: Um, and the first shirt that I sold said, the square root of 69 equals eight something. Nice. And then yeah. on the back it says, if you don't get it, it's probably because you don't get it so i sold okay. that shirt and then
0: uh you're in the payroll you have to laugh
2: no i don't i don't, I don't, I don't remember that being the first shirt as really
0: a, yeah well so that was is, the
2: first shirt that i sold right right and so but when I'm darren just, and this i this were trying to come up with an idea of how could because he and i really clicked he had dabbled in stand-up i loved his art he was doing a lot of really cool art And uh, we were just trying to figure out a way to work together. So, funny t-shirts were a big deal. This was like 2005.
0: Okay.
2: And uh, And
0: this was really before you bought them on the internet. You had to see them and buy them.
1: It was just starting that
2: you could buy them on the internet. Busted tees, snorg. There was only a couple of them, but they were doing really well. Right. And so, um, the first design I think we did, it had a little stick of margarine. With, that's a, the one. with a smiley face yeah. on it, and it said, Butterface. That's the one I remember. Because the big joke was yeah. uh, she had a Butterface. Everything yeah. looks good, Butterface. Hey, that's
0: probably not PC, is I'm it? not sure I understand. No, it, see, yeah. series see, now Siri's all offended.
2: She's like, um, dude. So we did a, we did that shirt, and we had some really simple designs, and they, were, they made us laugh was basically what it boiled down to. There you go. To.
0: So you had to go with what you liked.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did a... uh, Whose parents' table
0: was this? This is what I want (laughs) to know.
2: This probably came from Uh, Habitat for Humanity or something. I'm
0: sorry, go ahead. No, it's... it's, And so so when did you switch over to being Cincinnati shirts? Well... Cincinnati shirts.
2: We finally... Brought our production in-house. We were in Dayton, Kentucky. Okay. And we decided, oh, we could get this little warehouse space. We could print our shirts for ourselves and control inventory and have a tiny little retail shop.
0: Had you printed anything before?
2: No. Okay. No. Nope. We got a loan from my grandmother to buy screen printing equipment. Really? And, uh, which I'm proud to say paid back in full in
0: less than two years. Good. Should did she make any money on that? She Did you give Grandma any interest? Her, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did she get a she t-shirt a, or anything? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's still with us, I hope? She is still Good. with us. She just celebrated Hello,
2: 97 oh, years. Oh, my God. Uh, Isn't that great? She's listening on her nano. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't. Come <don't. laughs> yeah. on. Uh-huh. Now, uh, and so we started having people come in our shop, and we thought we could do some local stuff since we weren't relying 100% on the internet.
0: Sure. And you could turn it around quickly.
2: So we did uh, uh, We did a, the first shirt that got us press. It was just a black shirt with white letters that said, Even God Hates the Steelers.
0: Oh, there
2: you go. And it just blew up. We got in the paper and people started coming down to our shop. So we thought, oh, we should do other Cincinnati stuff. And the thing was, is we were screen printing at the time. And I had always loved, like, the Caddy's logo and the Johnny's that. Toys logo yeah. and the Mama's Cookies. And I had always wanted to do mm-hmm. those. But they all these logos had so many colors. So we could never oh. screen print them because it was so expensive. Right. And we didn't want to have a bunch of inventory. So, it just kind of sat on. The idea just sort of sat around. And then in 2010, we were partnered up with a company that had the ability to print full color designs right onto a shirt one at a time. Local? Local.
0: Okay. And they do all your stuff now?
2: No. Oh. We do it all now.
0: They, they, um,
2: they we, we bought the equipment for ourselves. So oh, you that did? we could bring it in-house. Gotcha. Oh, um,
0: well, you must be doing well. Thank <laughs> you, Grandma.
2: Well... What was the, the that was the first time that it gave us the opportunity to do all those cool old logos. Okay. And that's what really put us on the map. Because I noticed something you said earlier, uh, you know, about people. When, when I would show them the funny t-shirt website, they would look at 200 designs and they'd say, mm-hmm. these are funny. I like this one. Mm-hmm. If we had uh, 50 designs that were all Cincinnati things to show to someone from Cincinnati, they'd say, I want all of these. Right you know so that's when we thought maybe there really is something to that vintage like you know t- cuz a lot of people grow up here stay here and they remember the grocery stores and the newscasters and sure. you know all that stuff from when they were a kid that are long gone
0: what was the pitch to grandmother like did you have uh, <laughs> did you have a business plan that you showed her or was it like no. i'm your favorite grandson <laughs> did you it was um it wasn't in- I'll get off the road and be able to come and visit you more often. (laughs) She's
2: the kind of woman that whatever you need, Sonny, you know. Really? And so um, when we had the uh, opportunity, because when we started out, Darren had all the shirts in his apartment. Uh, We had a local screen printer who agreed to print. If we ordered one, we had to order 15. Okay. So we only had a couple of designs. Right. And we, we Darren would keep the stock. And in you had and to pay makeup. for them
0: right then, probably, that's right? right. You didn't have any terms. And like what would always net.
2: happen is we'd, we'd run out of mediums and have, you know, we'd, we'd order four mediums, we oh, sell them the all. Now thing. we've got 10 of the other ones. You had to, to learn, learn order. what size. Yeah.
0: And it's different according to the shirt, right? I mean, yeah, technically. Yeah. You want more fat guy shirts where you order more 3XL if it's food stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. You'd think so, but not
2: necessarily. But yeah, it was uh it was for sure a learning process and I just you know, I was trying to figure out a way to do it. We were looking at trying to get a loan and I went to my grandma and I said, "We'll pay you what the bank, you know, a little bit less than what the we would owe the bank on a loan." And we were doing good enough that I was confident that I could I could pay her back and so she she said, "Sure." And Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's some real pressure, though. It's your grandmother's money. It's not some bank's yeah. money or that's something. That's right. You know? It was
2: pressure, but that's, a, that's what makes you want to succeed if there's other people dependent
0: on you. You know, everybody wants to be in business, but n- no one, very few people, have the uh, ability to deal with the... Roller coaster emotional thing of owning your own business. Right. And that's what keeps most people out. You know, when it's great, it's great. But then when it goes to hell, you're like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I, were you prepared for that?
2: Well, I was blessed to be in a position of having stand-up as my income. Right. So what, why I think we succeeded, and I think we've talked about it on this show before, is that When we started in 2005, for me personally, it wasn't something that I needed to be successful right away because my income was coming from somewhere else. So I wanted this company to be successful years down the road when I was married and had kids and and the, the... the allure right. of being on the road as a comedian lost its luster. Right. Um, for Darren, it was a heart and soul kind of thing. And it was going to be something that would support him right away.
0: And because he's an artist, he wanted it. He like this because it was an outlet for his, for his creativity. Yeah. We're both
2: right? very entrepreneur minded. So, um, gotcha. So it, we were lucky in that for me, it didn't have to make enough money to support both of us. It had to make enough money to support Darren, and then it could grow in its own time.
0: I had to make money, enough money to pay your grandmother back.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, what I had yeah. to do.
0: You didn't take the money; you you gave your money that maybe to grandma. That's and right. that it We paid,
2: out. We got her paid back, and you know that's sort of always been our thing. Is God not bless to have grandmother an overhead.
0: Yeah. Now, did you talk to your mom and dad? Her. Or did you talk to? Is it your mother or your my dad? mother's mother? Did yeah. you talk to your mom about asking your grandmother for money before you did it?
2: Yeah, of course.
0: And she's okay, it? Yeah,
2: I yeah. mean, and, and you know that was, you know, my grandma was still eighty two at that time, right. so it wasn't like uh, you know she was had a bunch of financial things going on, right? So uh, she had enough money saved away that my aunt and uncle and my mom and dad were it was like, okay. They were like, yeah, this is a pretty safe bet.
0: You Good. know. So, what's next?
2: <laughs> I love that this is flipped, right? What? You're interviewing us. It happens all the time all right, now.
0: So, what's next? What's the next thing you're going to do? Cincy shirts?
2: Yeah. I just, I'd love to k- keep our momentum going. I mean, you know, like I said, we were very blessed with FC Cincinnati, uh, their rise from... You know, We were on board with them from the beginning, and they've been kind enough to bring us to the MLS with them, where the... Only company in the whole league that has got a local license.
0: Really? God, that's great. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Mr. Birdie. Thank you.
2: Um, (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Birdie. (laughs) And then with Fiona, I mean, FC, we've said it before, FC let us open Hyde Park. Fiona let us open our Loveland store, and now we've got three stores, so we're just really trying to keep the momentum moving forward, however that might be. And we've been, you know, that was the thing, is when we started, we had to do these businesses that hadn't been around for so long that their trademark expired. And we've evolved into a company now where we have partnerships with Places that are just as iconic, but
1: still around, Graders and Holdman's and Gold Star, Gold Star. I yeah. saw,
0: I saw the one with Pete on there. Yeah, yeah. Them dogs are good. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's sold. All the, speaking of things that sell, that one
0: does yeah. really well.
2: Uh, Pete and Johnny Bench and like the, yeah. I mean, like just icons and people that I've you know revered, and sure, or heroes of mine. To be able well, to do business with them, it's what's so great is you can do a, a
0: deal directly with them. You don't have to go through Major League Baseball with those guys, right? That's yeah. uh, so what's a which wonderful. is a whole other beast. Oh uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, and I understand, and they're they're not easy to work with. Just they're like great. the NFL, they they got they got they got something to protect, and all you're going to talk to is lawyers, anyhow, right?
2: Yeah, and it's frustrating because I feel like MLS has a vision, uh, and it's the same vision that we had had prior to FC Cincinnati's existence. Is that if Major League Baseball and and the NFL, but mostly MLB, could understand that there are companies like us out there. Who would benefit from having just a Reds license? Because right now the way it's set up is you can't get a license for a single team. You have right. to get it for the whole the league. Whole thing, yeah. Which what is Cincy shirts going to do with the Cardinals or? Cardinals
0: so or so you think. just had a, a, a font of Steelers. It wasn't the the Steelers logo or anything like that. Correct.
2: Gotcha. But it was enough to get the attention of the NFL. So that got shut down. Oh, it did. That was a huge. Uh, that was a really stressful six days
0: in, a, in an eye-opening moment too
2: they shut our website down for six days uh which was our you know i mean that was like really really stressful yeah um, Did you have to
0: pay him to get it back
2: we had to remove the shirt and prove that we removed the shirt and it was a it was a whole thing it was not fun to deal with and now well, it's, why is
0: it there's one out there that i can buy now oh i'm just <laughs> kidding i'm sorry mr nfl sorry yeah. just kidding lawyer from the nfl
2: It's made it really difficult. And, you know, it's kind of, it's funny because now our biggest fight that we fight is people stealing from us.
0: Oh, your idea. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And do an actual Cincy shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So are these, are the ones you do, are they, uh, are they have some intellectual property then? There
2: are. Most of them do. The big sellers do. um, Gotcha. And there's some that we were surprised to learn the trademarks are expired, and the Cincinnati Royals, for example, was one that we thought was safe, but they're actually owned by the Sacramento Kings because they're sure because
0: you know, uh, they left here and they went to um, Kansas but City. The Cincinnati that Mighty
1: Ducks. And, uh, it is not. It is abandoned. The Stingers. even though there is a Mighty Ducks, and they used but to be a But the Cincinnati Department Mighty Ducks is and, abandoned, and the
0: Stingers is open too, huh? The Stingers had cheerleaders. The hockey team had t- cheerleaders. That's in. And they were called the Honey Bears. That's
1: right. Yeah, that's someone. Someone brought that up.
0: Uh. Yeah, my friend Shannon, who was a, uh, she was also later became a uh, Bengal too, but she was a uh, a honey, uh, honey bear. A honey bear. Yes. That's right. A
2: honey bear. That's so great.
0: Yeah. yeah. and they cheered in the concourse there at at what was then the Coliseum. I Remember, you have a shirt for that, yeah. Exactly, exactly. The honey bear shirt.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, so that'd absolutely. be a good one. We should do, yeah. Yeah,
0: my uh, my friend Shannon would love to be there. In fact, she would model it for you if you
2: I like. I wonder if she has a like a logo or something for the honey bears. Do you want to call, call her? Yeah, <laughs> call her <and> <laughs> um, huh? Yes, no, sure.
0: Why not? This is wait
2: awesome. a minute. Can we call Jerry Springer?
0: Yeah, he, he may not answer. Oh, yeah, he'll answer. Depends on what he's doing. He's got a judge show now. I heard that. We'll see. This is the
1: greatest episode.
0: of What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if she answers. She might be busy. She has a uh, she she's has a dance uh, studio in Western Hills. There's another. Trend of people not taking. Hi, this is Shannon. <laughs> this is my voicemail. Leave me a message and I'll call you back when I can. Have a great day. Shannon, it's uh, Pat Perry calling. I'm here doing a podcast with the guys from Cincy Shirts. We and they do. A, they have a Stingers shirt that they do. I Don't you know if You've seen that. But I said, of course, the Stingers had uh, had cheerleaders, and they're thinking about bringing one out. They want you to model it. So give me a call when you get a chance because uh, <laughs> they'd like to have you model their t-shirt.
2: Love it. This is Sorry. awesome. Yeah. We, this should be, like, a weekly session. Oh, yeah, you yeah. It should. Who like you, Yeah, yeah, alcohol? yeah, like I got time for this, yeah.
0: Um, no, this has been you a can, lot of fun. You can track it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you can go send it I'm to here, here it. live, yeah. There you go. Uh, listen, I don't know if you, can enough, if you can give me enough shirts to afford me to come here once a week. Let oh, my gosh. You, I'm kidding. This has been... I mean, this is seriously, like, this is... This is awesome. This is why we do this. What I'd like to do, I'm going to, I will find that uh, closed up bars and I'll highlight some of them and send it to you for you to consider.
2: We'll send that, we'll, we'll make them up just for you. No, you don't have to to
0: do that. But, uh, but there are some things, you know, it's it's always funny because it used to be everybody, you get they would do a t-shirt or they would do a um, bumper sticker of what something that they had, which I don't think any, nobody's going to put on a bumper sticker. If anything, they're doing the. what is that? That clingy thing that you put on oh, yeah, your cigarette? yeah, That type of thing, yeah. A cling-on. Uh, but that's something with... Uh, yeah. With, with the, the thing, hey. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> the, uh, but uh, I'll send that to you. But I'm going to come up with... When I saw Swallon's, that clicked something in me.
2: That one, that is one... You know, there are certain shirts out there that when people see it, it really just... They, like, instantly are transported back in time.
0: <laughs> you know, that, that was a company that... Uh, started by the old man and uh, Mr. Swallon. And then his son, Pat, ran it. And he was a very nice man. And not flamboyant or anything, just uh, God, God-fearing God and all that. But their whole thing was they didn't want to spend a single dime on anything but merchandise. So they were able to be able to... So so the racks of stuff and the, the boxes be open, and they just wanted to make sure that they gave their customers the absolute rock-bottom price. You know, and that was built on a whole thing where they took care of lots of people. But you could go in there, you could buy a goldfish, you could buy records, albums, you could buy a hi-fi system, you could buy a washer and dryer, you could buy clothes, shoes, diapers, <laughs> food. They sold everything. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's some more of them. How about Gold Circle?
2: Yeah. We have Gold Circle. Van Lunen's. Yep service merchandise
0: how about dino's the famous uh, big time uh, uh, men's store downtown no. big time that's where you how about the gentry shops don't know that nope. one that a, yeah well that's all that's a all that's are you taking notes nice. on this I am. yeah yeah look at this well i'm, going to, I'm gonna i'm we... gonna start sending you guys ideas that would be oh, yeah. awesome yeah.
2: Fantastic. that would be awesome that would be great so remind people again when they can listen to you
0: I'm on every afternoon from 2 to 7 o'clock, Monday through Friday, on Classic Country. It's 105.9 and 106.7.
2: Are you a social media guy?
0: Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I actually have a uh, Padbury Classic Country uh, Facebook page, yeah. And I so do Instagram like and all that. People want to follow me, yeah. We'll put the I probably somewhere. should have taken pictures of here and put it on there, but you we'll
2: know. put the links on the blog so yes. that we uh, yeah. right can.
0: Yes. Uh, well, the the Pat Berry. B A R R Y is my Instagram thing. The the that's pretty uh, pretty so obnoxious. Do you like country more now than the rock and roll music? I've or? always liked country. You know, I've been a big fan of uh, Toby Keith, and I've known. George Strait forever. I remember being on his tour bus in 1988 at Riverbend. And I knew all the big stars, the music, and would go to those concerts. But now I've gotten to know all the other guys, too. And we, you know, we really, we, we're promoting and bringing in a lot more concerts all over the region. Just like at Ludlow Garage, we had a guy by the name of... Uh, 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 of uh, Mark Chestnut Inn in on January, yeah, yeah. we sold the place, and we could have sold twice as many tickets. And it was great. Mark, he's he, great. Uh, he was. Uh, he's the last of the honky tonkers out of Texas. Yeah, and he didn't know what to expect coming to the Ludlow Garage, and he loved it. He's going to be coming back, and we're doing, uh, we're doing several shows really at cool Ludlow venue. Garage. Yeah, and you know it's closed for the summer, uh-huh. and they're taking out that entire corner, and it's going to be like about twice as big and hold twice as many people uh, and when they reopen so, it in September. It's a
1: weird venue. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The Corner. So are taking out there, the Back corner. in April, okay. And, and the
0: first thing, Mark comes out and does his first song and he goes, this is the weirdest thing I've oh, ever yeah. played. Are they taking when I, the airline seats out, are they gonna know, the? they're, they're taking the airline seats out. The guy that the guy that owned it originally put those in was a tall, thin guy, and he wanted real comfortable seats. Uh, but it's but they're weird, aren't they? Because you are. really can't if you're if you're not tall enough, you can't see over the over the ear. Uh, but <laughs> any time I've ever um, I've ever mc anything there, I always explain to people that the guy that designed this was divorced. The architect was divorced. He wanted to come to a show. Where if he ran into his ex-wife, he would never know it. So that's why. They, that's <laughs> why the, the two sections. But we're doing some promoting some concerts at Music Hall. I mean, at Memorial Hall. Yeah. We got the uh, Womek coming up. Yeah. Ian uh, Yeah, she's coming October second. Memorial Hall, OTR.com to get your tickets. It's and a great uh,
2: venue. I've thought if I'm going to do a special in Cincinnati, I might want to record it there.
0: Yeah. That's about 500 tickets. I don't know how the acoustics are, but that would be good, you know, but then like Toby Keith's coming to the BB and T arena. That's going to be in in August. And that'll be fun. I love river bend. And I've, I've been there from the, you know, first show the first year, uh, to now, but it'll be fun to be in an August concert where you're not sweating your butt off, you know? Yeah, for sure. um, well, this that's is- who you ought to have on here is Mike Smith, the guy that the guy that's worked for the symphony forever and he was he's run Riverbend and uh, PMC Pavilion and now the Rose Music Center. You got to have him in. He's great. He'll tell you the stories about all the artists and all the things that happened much better than I could. About him handing a, uh, a one of those big telethon checks. million dollars to, uh, to Jimmy Buffett because he played there for like three nights or four nights in a row whenever he did that, sold out. Oh yeah. He's who you ought to have on.
2: Jimmy Buffett.
0: No, you gotta, you gotta, and and Jimmy stayed the whole week here in town. Yeah, Mike, you want to call him? I'll call him and ask him. We'll call him right now. I love it. Please come back. Yeah, please come back Definitely. and see yeah. us sometime. Okay, we'll be next week though. It cool. won't be next week, okay. but
2: yeah. soon. Pat Barry, thank you. Wait, we didn't get a coupon code. Oh, we gotta get a coupon code. Yeah. What?
0: I've been, I've been what so, happened? You so, gotta,
2: every every show, we ask our guests to give us a a word or phrase. Typically, just a word that people.
0: Can I love use classiccountry.com.
1: It might be too that's long. That's our website. Oh, is too that long. too long? Might be, yeah.
0: I love classic country? Sure. There that you go. That should
1: fit, yeah. And if it doesn't, I'll tell the listeners on the other side what I had to truncate it down to. But
0: truncated. Yeah. You're using big words here, right. let me tell you. Uh, yeah. I went to Trunk Bowling Green. green. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> Bulging gut, State University. <laughs> one of the flattest <laughs> places in the world. Yes. And that's why you get all those snow drifts. Yeah. That's why they have those snow fences there. It's windier in Bowling Green. My, my, my dad's uncle... Married a woman there who was very rich. And her family owned the Betty Zane Popcorn Company. And they gave part of their land to the state of Ohio to start Bowling Green University.
2: That's back
0: before he My moved hell. to to, to uh, New Mexico because she was in ill health. Uh, and she outlived him. And then he became the governor of New Mexico. That's all. We'll save that's, that for yeah. the next podcast. The sequel. Yes. We'll talk about Chris Collinsworth. We'll oh, talk yeah. about the toga parties at Johnny Bench's house. Oh, my God. We'll talk about Jerry Springer, the stuff that nobody knows. Ooh. That's all. And the Jeff Ruby stuff that nobody knows. Oh, man. That's on the yeah, next he's, podcast. He's,
2: he's just, You'll have to let us know if, if any of these people call you back. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh. After these messages you've <laughs> yeah. left. Yes. Well,
0: Shannon will definitely call me back. Especially if it's opportunity for her to model. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So, I love classic country. Yes. It's the coupon code. We'll yep. do it with no spaces. Yeah. If it doesn't work, PF will tell you here in just a second on what he had to switch yep. it to. But that'll save you 20% in-store, uh, OTR, Hyde Parker, Loveland, or online. 20%? Um, yeah. Yep. Wow. And that code will be good until the
0: next episode. That's close to half off, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Thank you. He's gone country. Look at them boots. He's gone country. Back to his roots. He's gone country. A new kind of suit. He's gone country. Here
1: he comes. Pat Berry. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a part two to that one. Uh, No word from Jeff Ruby yet, but we will keep you posted. And of course, you can hear Pat on Classic Country 105.9 to 106.7. Here in the Cincinnati area, I have you can listen online. I have not found a way to listen to it like through tunein or radio.com. It doesn't appear to be in either of those services, but if uh, you look around, you might be able to find a way to listen to it on your mobile device. Now, if you haven't already, check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives, that you can listen to, by the way, on TuneIn, uh, as well as other uh, streaming sources via your mobile device. Lots of great episodes are back there. Matt Bischoff from Survivor, of course. Gold Star CEO Roger David. Bill Donahmeetian, the guy that founded and uh, still books The Bunbury Music Festival, Greg Hamilton from WWE, John Keysweater from TV has been on, or from TV writing, I guess, has been on twice. Amy Yazbeck off of Movies and TV, talking about her late husband John Ritter, as well as her uh, movie roles, Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, Wings on TV, and, and so many more. So go back and listen to all those, they're fabulous. And if there's someone you'd like us to have on the podcast, just drop us an email at info at and put podcast guest in the subject line, and we will be sure to reach out to that person. We've already had, uh, that's how we got the guy from the proper food and drink there in Covington. Uh, Someone just wrote in and said, hey, you should have this guy on. And we did, and it was great. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. And let me see. Today's show was produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage teas from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and many more at oldschoolshirts.com. Lots of defunct teams, old restaurants, shopping centers, radio stations, all that sort of thing. Uh, even a section of old video games. Actually, uh, it's like Cincy shirts, but for those towns. And in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is I love classic country. It does work. All one word. You can capitalize whatever you want in there. It'll all work. Just make it all one word. And uh, you can use that to save 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can use the code in our physical or, as we say, brick-and-mortar stores in the retail biz uh, over there in OTR, Hyde Park, and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Again, tell your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.